0: Should they make those? Like a music stand? Yeah. I'm, yes, that's exactly it. Ties right in. Keep that. Please don't cut that. Welcome back to the Monarch Impact listeners. Today we have Carlin Cassidy Cummings from the class of 2013. My name is Dia Patel and I am co-hosting today with Mrs. Remel.
1: Hi everyone. I'm Ms. Riemel, class of 2012 and the director of alumni engagement. We're so excited to welcome Carlin to the
0: podcast today. So, to get us right into it, Carlin, what made you
2: choose Gwinnett for high school? So, the first time that I was introduced to Gwinnett, I have a bunch of cousins that went here, family friends, but I didn't really think about attending until 2008, which is when my Cousin passed away here. She was a junior. Uh, so we have the CK5K run and walk every year um, to raise money for uh, a scholarship, but also to honor her memory here. I never really thought about going here until Carolyn passed away. So Carolyn was goofy and silly, sassy, all of the great things, but she was really a genuine girl. So we hold the run in honor of her because she was a track and field and cross country, very active in the Gwinnett community. But um, until she passed away, I didn't really see myself coming here because I didn't know about everything that Gwinnett had to offer. When I was in eighth grade, when she passed, I finally decided to come to Gwinnett and I'm really happy that I did. Um, Made some great friends and I was able to finish out Gwented for her. And uh, that was my goal for starting here, and now that every year we, uh, we raise the money for the scholarship and award it to a current junior. And I think that um, obviously honors her memory, but it also, because she couldn't finish, I think every time that one of her, I'm gonna say students, graduates, it's kind of like they're finishing for her too.
1: I love that. And actually, um, I was lucky enough to to know Carolyn pretty well growing up because we went to Corpus Christi together (laughs) and we were cheerleaders together, actually, um, up until... she came to Gwinnett, and then I was two years behind her, mm-hmm. and um, so I was a freshman when she passed. And uh, I remember it, it really rattled the community, I mean to its core, um, especially those of who uh, those of us who grew up with the Keens. Um, Mrs. Keen was my religious education teacher growing up, and now um, actually it's so wonderful. This past year we celebrated the thirteenth. Um, CK 5K, and yeah. uh, in my new position as alumni director, I actually took over um, kind of being the the school Uh, staff person that uh, is the the planner for that. And so it was such a wonderful thing for me too, like kind of coming full circle and being able to honor Carolyn's memory in that way of being able to uh, support the CK 5K. And then I know I saw Carlin at the race um, and her family is so, so, so supportive. Um, And we do always have uh, such wonderful scholars in her name. So um, I love that Carolyn was the reason you came Mm -hmm. to Gwinnett. That's such a, such a fantastic reason, honestly, you know, she's such an inspiring uh, young woman. And, um, you know, I'm just so glad that she's still like a part of Gwynedd. Uh, everybody knows her name, uh, even though it's been, uh, you know, 13 years now, right? Or uh, probably going on 14.
2: And you know what's crazy? Uh, I was able to walk around Gwynedd right before recording this podcast, and I still saw a CK5K shirt today. So yes, it's been um, it's been a while, but she's still really a part of the Gwynedd community.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I love that, Carlin. That's great.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that, how do you think Gwynedd changed you as a person, as a leader, and as a friend? Uh, so
2: Gwynedd provided me with a uh, high school experience that I don't think a lot of kids, not just girls, have. I was encouraged to branch out um, through activities, whether it was uh, athletics or music, and um, really explore all different sides of myself. So through this, I got to meet a lot of different people, have new experiences, and uh, get new skills. But throughout the time at Gwinnett, I really feel like my voice was heard, and I felt like I was valued. I believe that like the small class sizes that we have, combined with the caring and staff, we've already talked about it, the sense of community that Gwynedd provides, really gave me the tools and confidence to be the person that I am today. Um, I'm a young professional, drive towards success. But I think the most important thing is that Gwyned shows me that my voice matters and I work to ensure that my colleagues and uh, friends, loved ones, I work to make sure that their voice is heard because it matters to me. That's
0: fantastic. Yeah. Did any teachers help you make decisions that led you to choose the job of a food scientist? That's super cool, by the way, food (laughs) scientists, wow.
2: There are definitely some teachers that come to mind when I think about um, what led me to where I am today. It started freshman year in Mrs. Mitchell's science class. She led an engaging classroom that encouraged me to participate and ask questions. The other teacher that encouraged me, he encouraged my learning style in a similar way, was Mr. Beckman. He was the chemistry teacher here. He was only here for a year, but I think he really changed um, my life. He showed me that my unique way of thinking was beneficial to me and the class by my willingness to ask questions. He really encouraged me to enjoy chemistry, honestly, mm-hmm. um, which not many people do. but i found found my major based off of chemistry. And my major was food science. So, Um, there's definitely a lot of science in that. That's fantastic.
1: And I mean, how did you kind of find that major? Obviously, like, you know, a lot of people don't realize um, that food science is even an option, right? So, you know, we see, you know, chemists that make medications and all of that. Like, how did you decide that food science might be the way you want to go? And was there anything at Gwena that kind of inspired that?
2: Um, So I'd say that Gwena prepared me because it uh, really had a rigorous curriculum it wasn't it wasn't easy for me to get through but um it definitely prepared me to become a food scientist between school and all the extracurriculars that i had there was a lot on my plate right but the best way i kept organized and on task i was uh using my red book which i I think you guys still use here right
0: (laughs) (laughs) always use your red (laughs) book
2: um as a food scientist I juggle a lot of projects at once, but my job also encompasses other jobs, I would say. So something like food marketing, chemistry, um, nutrition, right? You have to understand what it's doing to uh, your body, not just the whole, uh, whole product, but each ingredient. Like how much sugar is going to affect this part of your body or something like that. What made you decide to study
1: food science as opposed to some other science?
2: So yeah, I loved chemistry in high school, and I wanted to find something that I could um, use that, but in a way that it would affect everyday life. So my mom and I, we did a lot of research. Um, I didn't really think about becoming, you know, a food scientist until I was looking at different majors. And my mom uh, really helped me narrow it down. So we were looking at chemistry, we were looking at environmental science and food science, obviously. (laughs) But food science really does affect your everyday life. Like, what did you guys have for breakfast today? A banana and a bagel. And a bagel.
0: I had a strawberry banana smoothie, Okay, my go-to.
2: So I'm gonna go off the bagel. Um, There's a lot of science that goes behind it, that you just go to the grocery store, get it off the shelf, and maybe toast it and enjoy it. but um there's so much behind the scenes that not everybody thinks about obviously you just buy it for 4.99 whatever and enjoy it so there's someone who said i want to make bagels and then how do we make the bagel so is there any i don't know special ingredient that we need to use like if you want to make it strawberry because that's a trending flavor this year. So that would be food marketing. Find what trends, what's gonna sell this bagel. And then from there, research and development. So we have to come up with a formula, a recipe to make that bagel. And then we have to actually produce the bagel. So we have to go uh, from mixing the ingredients, rising the dough, putting it in an oven, all of those steps. And then from there, geez, gets a lot closer to the grocery store, obviously. (laughs) Um, But I do my job. So you can just go to the grocery store. And without thinking, just pick it up and enjoy it in the morning. Maybe put avocado on it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But so I can walk down the grocery store aisles and be like, I made that. And it feels really good.
1: (laughs) That's really cool. So there's a lot of creativity when it comes to your career, even though, you know, it's It's science, which is, like, formulaic sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that you were quite uh, creative when you were here, too, right? Um, We did the school shows together, um, Glee Club, Chorale. um, But then you also played sports, too, so you were on a lot of teams. What did those experiences do for you as you kind of prepared? And, like, what was your favorite activity when you were here?
2: Okay, so that's a a lot in a question, right? (laughs) Um, I did do a lot when I was here. um, But I think my favorite things were... Glee and Chorale, all of that. So we had some great singers my year, but it wasn't that like we sounded amazing or anything. It was just fun to go to. It was a great environment to be in. And um, Dr. Myers found some great opportunities for us to go display because we actually did sound good. We just didn't have fun. But we sung at Longwood Gardens. We sung uh, the national anthem opening for the Phillies one year. Yeah. Yeah, you did that after
1: I graduated. I was really <laughs> jealous. <laughs> Fantastic. And
2: so did that kind of,
1: um, any of those like team and, you know, group activities that you do kind of prepare you for your, your current career?
2: Um, so everything that I did here was definitely like a big group getting together. And if it was playing soccer or we're all putting on a show, like we're all working to an end goal here. Um, but everything we were working towards a, a goal and here, now as a food scientist, the goal is getting product like from idea generation all the way to, again, grocery store shelf it could be, right? So there's definitely a lot of different groups that all have to work together here. If it's uh, the chemical engineers designing the equipment to make that bagel, how are we going to deposit the dough to make it look like the round circle we all know and love, but also, is it going to go through an oven on a band, like a like Domino's pizza oven, if you've seen those? They just like put it in one side, and it'll go all the way through. Um, like finish conve- cooking. A conveyor belt? Yep, kind of thing. Con- conveyor belt. Um, there's a lot of uh, production numbers, too, that go into everything. And we have to make sure that everything's safe going out the door, but we also have to make sure we're making money at the same time. My job is making it safe, and I have to work with the people that want to make the money. (laughs) So yes, we all do have to work together here. Um, There's some give and take, but uh, we want to make sure that people aren't going to get sick off of our food, most importantly.
1: (laughs) that sounds like a very good goal.
0: (laughs) All right, well, out of all of the things you've mentioned, what do you think your favorite thing is about being a food scientist? And can you explain more in depth of what you do for your job? Kind of like, what's like a day at your job look like? Like you get to work
1: and what are you probably working on?
2: So my main job at Cargill Cocoa and Chocolate is I'm a quality engineer. So I have a lot of titles. Um, I'm a food scientist because I graduated with a food science degree. I'm a quality engineer because I'm making sure that everything um, is safe. It's safe to eat. Um, you're not going to choke on it. You're not going to get sick, any of that. And I'm also a sensory scientist um, because I lead a sensory program to make sure that you enjoy what you're eating and that it actually tastes like it's supposed to taste. So my job at Cargill, I focus on the molded chocolate side. So that's when it goes from liquid to the solid state. So imagine you're you know, cutting out cookies with like a cookie mold. Mm-hmm. This is if you pour it in, a mold, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's how we explain it. But mine is uh, everything from that end, I need to make sure that it's safe to eat and that everybody enjoys it.
0: Fantastic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like I would not even know where to start with that. Yeah. That's kind of
0: amazing. If it's chocolate, I enjoy that's That's, that's my go-to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what drew you to Cargill, cocoa, and chocolate? Cargill is one of the... No, it is the largest privately owned company in the U.S. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's actually still owned by the same family that began it all these years ago. So wow. it's privately owned. It's owned by a family. Like, great stuff going on there. But it has a lot of divisions, which can be protein, salt, bioindustrial, and cocoa and chocolate. There's a lot of stuff that goes on here. <laughs> but... um Working at Cargill provides me the room to grow my career. Uh, the cocoa and chocolate division is sweet, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I obviously love working with chocolate. I come home smelling like it. It's in my hair. Like, it's not a bad smell to come. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's also a very interesting process that requires a lot of precision to make. So a lot of it is temperature-driven. If you're off by just a couple degrees, it's not gonna set up right, or it's not gonna be the right color. Um, so it's interesting to work with because it's difficult. And I, I like the I like the challenge. <laughs> Fantastic. After college, I moved down to Florida to start my career. Um, but now I work in Lancaster County, which is a lot closer to where my family's from—just uh, an hour drive. So it wasn't bad to get here or anything. But this allows me to uh, come into things like this. I'm going to be coming back for Career Day. Um, additionally, Cargill believes in investing in their people. I just started my master's degree studying food science. Wow. It starts today. Oh, <laughs> congratulations! Just come from class or? <laughs> But uh, Cargill's really supportive of encouraging their their people to grow and expand. Um, so they're supporting me through this journey as well.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah, have you taken your first grad school class yet, or are you, are you going to do that tonight? Uh, tonight. Oh,
2: Nervous <laughs> day. First no. day? Oh, of course. Not. What school are you going to? So, it's Kansas State University. Okay. It's an online program, and I'm going to be studying product development this semester. Wow. Fantastic.
0: Mm -hmm. Congratulations. That's so exciting. So after all that you've said you've achieved, what goals do you still want
2: to achieve? So like I said, I have my first first semester, first class tonight, Um, but I want to finish my uh, graduate program, but I want to finish it strong. Also I'd eventually like to become a college professor. Cool. Um, specifically for a food science program. Everything centers back to that, right? Um, I really enjoyed my college career and would love to provide a similar experience uh, for for future students. However, I want to have a a well-versed resume before going back, just to bring that to the classroom and bring real-life knowledge. Are there other types of food you'd like to work on eventually? So I've worked in chocolate, wine, hard ciders, meads, all that stuff. Yeah, did you ever get Stone and Key? I did. I thought so. They're right down the street from me. I love their stuff. Yep, so that's Stone and Key Cellars. That's over in Montgomeryville. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> great stuff over there. What else? Um, when I was down in Florida, I made cheesecakes. Yeah. Well- Chocolate,
1: wine, cider, S- and yeah. cheesecake. You She's just living my dream life, life, to be liners. honest.
2: <laughs> so if you go to any grocery store and you go to their bakery sections, I probably made that it's cheesecake. Mm-hmm. How Any cool. bakery ever, it's her. It's her. <laughs> her.
0: Just know that you know who did this. I love that. That's awesome.
1: So what's what haven't you done yet that you'd like to do?
2: Well, I didn't think I even wanted to get into chocolate. If you ask me cheese or chocolate, I'm going to pick cheese. Oh. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Very hard choice, though. But it's not as nice to work with. Um, Here, like, you walk in, you don't have to worry about any of the cows or anything, and you just make chocolate and it smells good. It's great. (laughs)
1: That's fantastic.
2: I'm sure, yeah,
1: I'm jealous that you get to smell chocolate all day. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Um, And so... Let's say, you know, somebody, one of our students or anybody listening to the podcast is interested in getting into food science. What kind of advice would you give to somebody who's looking to do that?
2: So food science is definitely a specialized field. Um, If you do want to become a food scientist, choose a college with the major in mind. Not every college is going to have that as an option. So obviously there's a lot of other factors that go into selecting a school. I chose Delaware Valley University, so that's over in Doylestown. I didn't want to go super far from home, um, and additionally, it's a smaller school. So in all four years, I only had a handful of professors in my major. This allowed me to really get to know them more on a, um, more than just a name basis, but I'm still in contact with them these years later, so I graduated that in 2017, and I just had a conversation with one of my professors last week.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you get to, like, it's kind of like Gwynedd. You know, you can stay in touch with people and really know them on a personal level. Yeah.
2: Like, you can come back and, yeah, Gwynedd's changed a lot. But still Gwinnett. it's still Gwynedd. It's still Gwynedd. Totally. I still know plenty of faces in the hallways. Um, I actually saw my cousin here as I was walking yeah, you down. you have a current student yeah. cousin, too. <laughs> That's awesome. She's a senior this year, and... Yeah, I, I didn't know if I was gonna see her, but just walking out. Hey, what's going on? That's <laughs> awesome. What's your name? Give her a shout out. Uh, that's Katie O'Donnell. Hey, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, kind of wrap up. Is there anything else you want to tell us? Um, so I kind of told you that I started a sensory program. Um, so I created this program to ensure that all our customers enjoy our chocolate and that it tastes like it's supposed to. So if you bite into, I don't know, name something that's chocolate. A Twix bar. If you bite into a Twix bar, if it doesn't taste like a Twix bar, you're not gonna be as happy because you wanted a Twix bar, right? So I'm gonna make sure that it tastes like it's supposed to and that you wanna eat it again. I trained a lot of my coworkers on sensory perception and the ability to accurately describe what they're tasting we get together a few times a week and taste and evaluate chocolate. As you can imagine, I don't meet much resistance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if you ever need somebody to,
1: t- to taste test chocolate, I think we can find some people. Oh, yeah, Some volunteers. <laughs> <here>, so. No <laughs> names, but you just know a, that I'm here for you. Yeah, you yeah. need a focus group we're, we're here for you.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Perfect. Oh. And actually, I know that you brought us some chocolate. Okay. Could I did. we try it out? I've
0: actually been waiting for this portion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
2: tell us what these are called. So, these are called Wilbur Buds. Um, I brought a dark and a milk chocolate. Which do you guys like more? I'm I'd say pick one. Honestly,
1: I, I like them both. It depends on my mood. Yeah. I'm going to go
0: for the dark. Okay. All right, pass me a milk just to make it even. <laughs> I'm so excited.
2: Mmm. Very good. Thanks. So, Cargill bought out Wilbur wow. uh, a couple years ago. And um, we have a retail store over in Lidditz that you can just go up and buy a bunch of chocolate. So you can buy these. They're great. Mm. Tell me what you taste as your mouth's full of chocolate. It's like creamy. (laughs) So you took the milk chocolate, right?
1: Mm -hmm. But the dark chocolate is also creamy. Like not in the milky way, but no bitterness at all. Like like, when I was a kid, I didn't like dark chocolate because I thought it was like bitter and not sweet. (laughs) It's not sweet, like sugary sweet but it's not bitter at all. It's really good. I love it. It's like, it's like a really perfect balance.
2: So in wine tasting, uh, chocolate tasting, they have a lot of overlapping flavors. Mm -hmm. So that would be like bitterness, but you don't taste that as much in these. There's even like fruity notes at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you'd get that more in the dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. Um, it's great stuff. It's really good oh, quality really chocolate. Good.
1: and I see that it's in a mold. Yeah, I that yeah, it's a like perfect. bite on. size.
2: Love it. So cute. Yeah. So they're about the size of a Hershey Kiss, um, and on the bottom of them, they have a little pinwheel mm-hmm. that says, I think Wilbur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just for all you that can't see them. Yeah, here. for those of us <laughs> the who are podcast, not here,
1: not lucky enough to be trying them in person. So, so did this come like? fresh from work like uh, or no because
2: I had to make sure that it was safe to eat
0: oh okay yeah. so that's <laughs> so it. We, test, up the
2: line. <laughs> we test everything um micro like on a micro level after mm-hmm. just to make sure you don't get sick right um so I couldn't take anything right off the line or else that's fair the results we wouldn't be in it. Yet.
1: <laughs> fantastic oh my gosh these are great yeah well, really glad you enjoy too. them yeah you want one <laughs> Hi, i'm In fact, like you're like i'm sick of chocolate <laughs> <laughs> i've had 10 of these already today yeah it was my snack on the way here
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i love it well thank you so much carlin this has been awesome and we're definitely going to be enjoying this chocolate oh, for yeah. the rest of the day oh
2: yeah great <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks for having me guys yeah of course
2: thank you for being time. here <laughs> all right
0: well thanks for listening to the monarch impact and definitely check out our other episodes and we'll see you next time on- are you looking to join in on a fun-filled night of shenanigans with your Gwena community? Join us on February 26, 2022 from 6.30 to 10.30 p.m. in the gym for a night of pub games, food, drinks, and musical entertainment. Tickets are on sale now and will be available until February eighteenth. All are welcome to view and bid on our online auction items, including our Pot of Gold raffle, with a prize of $1,861. We hope to see you there. Are you ready for Ministry and Service's biggest fundraiser of the year, the George Valentine Raffle? I sure am. During
1: this hilarious week-long event filled with skits and giggles, you have the opportunity to buy all the raffle tickets your heart desires for a chance to win awesome prizes. All proceeds directly support this year's critical concern of Earth. If you are interested in donating a basket, art piece, or prize, See Mr. Fromhold for more details.